0: My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here.
1: Welcome to the family, here on Purple Mafia. Episode number 72 today, Sunday, October the 17th, 2010. Well, the Vikings did survive. Yes, they did survive a very grinded out, a very tedious football game today in the Metrodome. No, it was not a road game, which is something we still need to uh, accomplish, a victory on the road. The Vikings do survive... A game against the equally desperate, equally frustrated, equally underachieving, at least record wise, and maybe other positions, other things as well. One in three record, the Minnesota Vikings defeat the Dallas Cowboys today, 24 to 21. In a, well, can I say it's impressive? No. Can I say it was encouraging? Um. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's encouraging or not. Uh, we won the game. That's good. Sure, the Vikings won a grinded-out game in 2001 against the New York Giants. That didn't necessarily mean we were a great team because we were 5-11 that year. So, hard to say if we're really a great team right now. Uh, the pieces are in place, yes. But are the pieces going to, uh, be what they're supposed to be? Well, Maybe. Brett Favre's accuracy, absolutely, and I mean, absolutely, positively has improved dramatically, but uh, mm, not much for big plays today, not much for big plays at all, really, more on the defensive side of the ball for both clubs, big plays, well, and again, Tony Romo had a, oh, he had three touchdown passes, all against Lito Shepard, because, that's right, Cedric Griffin tore his ACL last week against the New York Jets. Um, yes, I'm going to mention real quick, the, uh, I did not have a show last week to review the New York Jets game and I can't believe I'm going to keep continue to ask me, did you do the show for the Jets game yet? Did you do the show for the Jets game yet? Oh guys, I appreciate all of you for, for asking. I appreciate all of you for your concern, your interest about it. God, you don't know how much I wanted to do it, but (laughs) these late, those late games are really tough especially with me working first shift right now which again is going to flip-flop in the next we'll say month or so to second shift again two to ten so I'm not sure if that's gonna open things up more or not it will I think it'll probably make it a little bit easier I don't have to go to bed as early that's a good thing I could always do a show after work that's actually really good I do that in the past quite often so honestly it probably will make things a little bit easier to get shows done Um, yeah I had to mention that. So that's why there was no New York Jets show last week. And, oh, I bet you, oh, I could have really capitalized on a lot of <laughs> listeners last week, and I didn't. Um, and I apologize to those of you out there that were disappointed. And, uh, yeah, I didn't help my show not doing it. So <laughs> that's for sure. Randy Moss's debut, of course, not too impressive until the second half. The game reminded me of the Chicago Bears game last week, which I mentioned multiple times on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, to those of you out there that are parts of those groups or following the Twitter, whatever you want to say. Um, until the second half, you saw Favre pass deep to Moss, the 500 touchdown pass of Brett Favre's career, which is, of course, all-time high. He's the only guy with 500. There's only one guy with 400, that being Dan Barino. Just shows you how far ahead Favre is on that list. But um, Very good team in the second half, but, of course, the Vikings do not pull it out another very lousy, very painful turnover late in the game. Last year was Adrian Peterson with a fumble. This year it was Brett Favre with a pick six. Threw it right to the New York Jets defender. Uh, I can't even remember which one it was, which is retarded of me. But, uh, hey, that's what happens when your schedule gets in the way. Um, <laughs> that's how it goes. It's also because I'm not really reviewing that game now. I'm more concentrating on the Dallas Cowboys game today. Um, Pretty much the guest of things at this point. Uh, That's pretty much my very brief (laughs) review of that game, I guess we'll say. It was very encouraging on the offensive side of the ball. I thought the Vikings would come in today with a lot more fluency offensively against this Dallas Cowboys team. People all week, and and hey, again, I appreciate you guys inquiring, what's your prediction for the game, Vikings versus Dallas? I constantly came up with the two words, comfortable win. Today was everything but comfortable. There was nothing comfortable about it. Though at the same time, I kind of had a quiet confidence. Yeah, sure, we're, we're going to win the game. That doesn't necessarily mean I have a quiet confidence of this team the rest of the year. But in the particular game, I just did not see the Dallas Cowboys winning in the Metrodome. Um, Tony Romo, the Vikings know how to get to him, and they did. Yeah, he got three touchdown passes because Lito Shepard was playing and not Cedric Griffin tearing the other ACL. Tearing the other ACL. Oh, my God, Cedric Griffin, I feel so bad for you. I really do. Massive, massive uh, rehab. Massive comeback from that horror. That, that was actually a, let's just say it was a worse than normal ACL type of deal last year because it took longer than six months for him to return. I mean, you know, look at the look at the chronologics of that. He didn't return till what, the second week of October. Uh, and they tore it at the end of January. That's more than six months, folks. Uh, so he tears the ACL on the other knee, very devastating, very sad, and um, I feel for him. Vikings did sign Frank Walker, and you will hear his name at some point in the show later on, because he made a very nice tackle late in the game on special teams. Very, very, very cool indeed. Vikings acquired Frank Walker to help uh, replace Cedric Griffin, former Baltimore Raven, Frank Walker so uh you know at least he fills in in special teams they needed some piece there so there you go that's kind of my review a very brief review of the jets and kind of the what happened to Sarah griffin maybe i'll get more into that later so uh that's why it's kind of a semi-long intro but hey it's not like i'm not talking about the vikings one other quick thing to note before i mention we do have two call-ins today uh, and we get to those calls um The schedule. Remember the schedule, folks. And I know this is like, oh, Joey's talking about nothing. He's not talking about the Vikings. This is a horrible show. One star. Well, this might be important to those of you out there that care about the show. Um, As soon as November rolls around, folks, I'm going to be disappearing again, like every year in November and April, because the second job is a lawn service, and lawn cleanups are incredibly tedious. They're a lot like the game today. and incredibly long we're talking insane hours so i'm likely going to disappear until the uh either the last week of november or first week of december as soon as november rolls around and those cleanups come in i just might have a show at the very first week of november maybe depending so just throwing that out there as an early warning to those out there that give a damn about the show all right well i'm going to take a quick break and we will get to the collins right after this and we are back here on purple mafia episode number 72 which is a reminder for ipod users mp3 players microsoft zune and all that good stuff so yes as i mentioned we have two call-ins they are from anthony from la and brent jacobson two of my most loyal listeners and uh, multi-callers now In Brent's case, and Anthony's been in color for quite a while, and I do appreciate both of you very much. We'll get to Anthony's call first because he was the first to call, and here is Anthony from L.A.
0: Hey, what's up, Joey? This is Anthony from L.A. I wanted to give you my quick take on that Monday night game. Uh, Barely getting a taste out of my mouth, but I think for one pass play from winning that game, I don't even want to talk about the first half, but if Harv completes, one of those two passes to Percy Harvin, the one that's thrown to his feet or the one that's thrown over his head, he's gone. Touchdown. We win. We don't have to worry about all this Danglegate talking or him possibly sitting out this weekend. That won't even be in question right now. He'd be for sure playing. And, anyways, the end of this game against the Cowboys, I think that we win. Uh, I'm not hitting the panic button yet, but Randy Moss is uh, is – The way he plays against the Cowboys is unbelievable. I think he scores uh, two touchdowns this game, over 100 yards, for sure. I'll call you on it next week. Hopefully he gets it. Um, Other than that, I'll talk to you next week, Joy.
1: And I thank you for that call, Anthony. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Always a pleasure to have you on board this show. Um, Yeah, first and foremost for what you said there, yeah, the first half of that game, If I was able to do the show last week, I probably would have just said, you know what, I'm not even going to talk about the first half because it was an unreviewable half of football. Unreviewable. I probably would probably talk about it for like five minutes. Now, if that's humanly possible for me, I'm not sure. So now I'll quit rambling about that. Uh, Yes, Brett Favre left points on the table in this game despite how well he played in the second half. He missed Percy Harvin, absolutely, at uh, at least twice in this game. Like you mentioned, uh, Vikings easily could have won this game. The New York Jets called the best team in football going into this, and we basically had them beat in that second half. Basically had them beat, if not for that insanely ridiculous, retarded interception late in the game. That was just so killer. Uh, The Vikings would be above 500 right now. Think about that. Just one little thing. Or one of those Percy Harvin plays that far missed him. Could have been a touchdown. It's just like you're kidding, right? Um, And, of course, the distraction that I have not mentioned on this show, and trust me, folks, I know about it. I've just not brought it up on the show because right now I don't really want to. I just don't really want to bring up what's going on with Brett Favre, though. I mean, we'll talk about it how, yes, it's a distraction, and um, it certainly hasn't helped him, that's for sure. And you got the elbow tendonitis as well, which I was unable to bring up because that didn't come up until sometime last week. Um, I think he's had it for a little while because remember how he was under-throwing passes all the way back into the Miami game. A key play to Bernard Berry and He was under underthrown. Bernard Berrien made no effort to try to knock it away or catch it, whatever, against the Dolphins. And it was, they were trying to throw a deep pass to Bernard in the end zone. That just did not come close to happening. Oh, and you know how you predicted uh, Randy Moss to have two touchdowns and 100 yards, you know? Maybe not two touchdowns, but a 100-yard thing. Maybe at least one touchdown again. Yeah, I kind of saw that happening, too. I thought the Vikings' offense was going to really open up here. Uh, but for some strange reason, I, I, I guess Dallas figured out how to play defense a little bit. Um, though a lot, <laughs> Though the uh, pass interference calls were all over the place, maybe that's what Dallas is trying to do today. If the Vikings are going to beat them, uh, grab them. If they beat you, grab them, I guess. So that must be the key there. Um, and i just uh, not very impressed with really the vertical, quote-unquote vertical passing game in this, in this game at all. Uh, Percy Harvin has been phenomenal the last two weeks. Phenomenal the last two weeks. He has been the MVP on the offense. Adrian Peterson has taken a step back because the defense, the run defense has been incredible the past two weeks. New York Jets and the Dallas Cowboys. And uh we're hearing that old sound bite again with Adrian Peterson because of the the rush defense being so darn good. Remember what it was? It was this the handoff to Adrian Peterson and Two yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah, remember that? Oh, how could you forget it? How could you forget that sound bite? Mm hmm. And it's just that time of year too, isn't it? Castlevania three. <laughs> so um now that I'm done with that little and anecdote anecdote, now that I'm saying that word correctly. Uh huh. Um we're now gonna to get to the Brent Jacobson call right now.
0: This is for purple mafia. Joey, your friend Brent from O's, Brent Jacobson from Rosemount.
1: Minnesota ya. Anyways, first of all, first of
0: four points here. One in rumor has it that the Cowboys lose this week to twelve Vikings. Jerry Jones is going to fire Wade Phillips and name himself head
1: coach. Second, Brian McKinney and Phil Lowell need to realize they're football
0: players, not matadors. Third, thank God for our defense, though. Because of them, I don't know what we'd do the way our offense has
1: been performing of late. Fourth and final, I think we need to win this game. and I just have one question for Keith Brooking: You
0: want some cheese with that wine? Go vikings wreck me i'm out
1: and i thank you for that call brent and uh second call into the show very much appreciated welcome back and both of you, of course brent jacobson and anthony from la continue to call into the show very very much appreciated as to the show uh it brings more it brings more pulse to the show there's uh there's other human beings listening to the show, not robots. That's true. You know, it's, it's awesome. It's not just a bunch of computers listening to the show. It's people. People with voices and, and opinions. Of course, nothing wrong with the Facebook group as well. Um, the call-in line, though, is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7TSS. Thank you in advance. Please do call in. mention you were calling it for Purple Mafia uh, and leave your name in town. Brent is from Lakeville. Brent is from Lakeville, which also Neil... Nate Dog Thiesing, who has been a part of Brave the Wild, and I believe Purple Mafia way, way back. Uh, they're both from Lakeville, so very, very cool. Out there by Burnsville and Apple Valley and all that good stuff. So And, of course, Anthony from L.A., as in Los Angeles, California, baby. So, uh, got it like that. All right, getting to Brent's call here. Yeah, lots of little points there in uh, the Minnesota, yeah. yep. <laughs> I like the little flurry he brings to, the, uh, to his calls. Yeah, Jerry Jones. I do think, uh, yeah, we, we texted about this after the game um, briefly. I think Wade Phillips is done. I think Wade Phillips is done. If he's not fired after this game, uh, he's gone soon. Um, soon. I don't think he will survive the season. That is my official prediction here on Preble Mafia. Paladino Joey, your host, or Joey Awajin, whatever. I think Wade Phillips is gone. Uh, the lack of discipline by the Dallas Cowboys in this game was pretty uh, pretty noticeable, pretty telling. The penalties were ridiculous. Ridiculous. And uh, when we get to the game review, I'll have those numbers in front of me. Um, right now, I'm more concentrating on the call. <laughs> so, um, the bad O-line, yep, they're not matadors. Brian McKinney and Phil Loadholt. You know, I feel your frustration. I am just, uh, yeah, Phil Loadholt, folks. And I'm not the only person to say this. He's taking a step back. Remember last year, it's like, oh, he's young. He's, you know, he's going to make a few mistakes, but he's, he's certainly an above-average ta- tackle in the National Football League. He's a nice bookend with Brian McKinney. Well, folks, as of right now, Phil Othold has taken a step back. Yeah, his skill level has taken a step back this year, and that's not good. Brian McKinney. Brian McKinney is an enigma. I have uh, been frustrated with him since he held out in 2002, and no, it is not bitterness because, oh, I hate him for holding out back in O two. 2 That's a long time ago, by the way. Um, I don't like the up-and-downness. The funny part is one of his best years was as a rookie when he came in, and he really helped Michael Bennett get that it is only one and only good season in the NFL. He had a 1,200-yard you know, year, Michael Bennett did. Um, very impressive by Michael Bennett, by the way. Uh, and that was the only good year he ever had. Ever since, really, Brian McKinney, he's had some strong years and some very, very frustrating years. Um, he's up and down week to week, though, and uh, very, very expensive, very large, obviously, very high skill level. Uh, he was a part of the old Love Bolt uh, deal as well. He's one of the big parts of it. Um, mm, I am not a fan of Brian McKinney's, folks, because somebody that you have to pretty much, like, turn the switch, you have to wind up the... You have to wind up the, I forget what it is, the key, I guess it would be, for those old clocks. You have to turn, or those old toys, whatever, so the soldier can move forward. You have to constantly wind that key to get Brian McKinney to go, screw that. You know, come on, start playing, get out there and play. You should be motivated all the time. Um, You're a player in the National Football League. You have a chance to be part of a great team. And we have to keep turning the clock for you, you know, keep winding the key. You know, almost, I almost said a really bad word. It almost came out there. Uh, screw that. Here. <laughs> you can fill a blank in there. Um, the defense is saving the team. I completely agree. The offense, yeah, I thought the offense was woken up like they did against the Chicago Bears. Remember how the Vikings offense kind of hit a swoon. Kind of the middle to latter part of the year last year. I guess, you know, teams like the Cincinnati Bengals and against the Arizona Cardinals, that was pretty bad. Uh, Carolina Panthers and all that stuff. The Vikings' offense looked even worse than ever in the first half against the Chicago Bears. Came out in the second half, just looked like the bomb, and they stayed the bomb until the fatal, the fateful Brett Favre, oh, across the body interception in the Saints game. It was an outstanding offense from that from that half to the end of the year. Impossible Super Bowl championship, if not for some of those key mistakes in the Saints game. Very possible Super Bowl title, folks. (laughs) They played at a Super Bowl championship level after that Bears game. They really did. Um, So the Vikings showed almost exact same style. Not quite as fluent, though, against the Jets, of course. The Jets' defense is better than the Bears' defense. Uh, no doubt, and Favre is not really the same guy he was last year. He's just not. Of course, the health and the uh, concern, the uh, distraction going behind the scenes, um, pressing too many buttons on his phone, um, and using potent- allegedly using the camera in the wrong area, uh, <laughs> to put it lightly. Um, yeah, lots of distractions going on there. Oh, but it was raining out. Well it was raining out on the Jets too. Yeah, okay, we'll leave that alone. Win or die against the Dallas Cowboys, no doubt about it. And uh yeah, the Vikings won by three points today at home against the Dallas Cowboys. And I know part of it was both teams were insanely desperate coming into the game and when two teams are desperate they play very tight. Very, very tight. Both teams did that. So there's your formula there. <laughs> and with Brookings like some cheese of that wine, that was a spectacular bit by uh Brent Jacobson there, hey, that's why he's a good caller, he's entertaining, and uh, yeah, good stuff, good stuff, because yeah, Brookings was whining, still whining, about the Vikings running up the score against the Dallas Cowboys last year in the postseason, and folks, I don't necessarily like people running up the score, but the Dallas Cowboys did it to the Philadelphia Eagles in the past, Brad Childress has ties to the Philadelphia Eagles organization, in fact, his best friend is Andrew Reed. And uh, the Cowboys have been one of the cockiest teams in the NFL since I can remember. The Cowboys were showing off and taunting the Eagles years ago in a playoff game. And in a regular season because they're division rivals. Yeah, do you think the tie-in, do you think it's a conspiracy here that uh, the Vikings with Brad Childress at the helm would run up the score on the Cowboys? No, I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think there's a connection. <laughs> I think there's fingerprints all over it. And God dang it, I don't blame him. As much as I think it's not necessarily good, I hate the Cowboys. Is probably as much as Childress and Andy Reid Andy Reed do, and maybe many other teams out there. Um, yeah, that's pretty much about it. So Keith Brookings, as well. Um, it's the old saying: Hey, you want you don't want them to score, stop them. Then make them look like imbeciles. Like, hey, you tried to run up the score. We just made you look like a retard because you couldn't catch the ball. Aha. Uh-huh. You couldn't complete the pass. We sacked your quarterback. Whatever. As long as you don't injure anybody. But uh, there you go. Would you like some cheese with that wine? Keith Brookings. Thank you for the call, Brent Jacobson. And, of course, Anthony Framela. You guys are awesome. Continue to call in. And those of you out there also, please do make your debut here on Purple Mafia. Maybe somebody like Jason from Delta, if you're still listening out there um or you called in a few times oh a good year ago now please yeah consider calling in again that would be terrific 209-736-7877 is the phone line on <laughs> sportsstuff.com so let's get to the game review here folks before it gets too long um yeah I've been running a little long already imagine that right imagine that So did anybody particularly stand out today? And I apologize if the things are a little choppy here. As things uh, (laughs) in the computer are trying to move. And it's not necessarily that this computer doesn't necessarily have the most RAM on it that you'd like to do a show. I'm trying to get. I made it better though, thankfully. Um, Did anybody really stand out in this game? Yeah. Yeah. Not amazingly, but yes. The two names are Tony Romo and uh, (laughs) Percy Harvin. Tercy Harvin had a really good game. He has been the offensive MVP for the Vikings the past couple of weeks, though his numbers, his offensive numbers on say regular offense, wouldn't really indicate it, though uh he made some nice moves. Only three receptions for 21 yards in particular. Um but we'll get to it later. He had a special teams return for touchdown. That was awesome stuff. It really was. So let's get to the penalties. Let's get to the penalties. Eleven for the Dallas Cowboys, five for the Vikings. Um, usually, when the Vikings and Cowboys play each other, you're gonna see a lot of yellow flags for whatever reason. it's just it's a mess. It's a mess. It's crazy. The Cowboys went psychotic, eleven penalties in this game, and some of them were beyond key. They destroyed the Dallas Cowboys today, including the one very late. So we'll get to that later. So we're gonna get to the Twitter account now, of course, I tend to take a lot of notes on Twitter. It's a very uh effective way to take notes and interact with fans across the great divide of Purple Mafia and of the Vikings and potentially, you know, mentioning <laughs> hey, you know, Viking fans out there that might like this show, why not let them why not uh let them know about it by just tweeting about the game and then all of a sudden, oh hey, Purple Mafia, interesting. So you get the idea there. Twitter account. twitter.com forward slash purple mafia show. forward slash purple mafia show. Yes, Robert Griffith, remember, remember him, is now a follower, though I think he follows everybody that follows him. Uh, the numbers that indicate that, but uh, not that I have a problem. The Bears and the Packers did lose today. The Vikings, <laughs> the need for the Vikings to win, and a, a, definitely a window of opportunity there. Opportunity, you can hear that, opportunity is knocking for the Minnesota Vikings when those two teams both lose to fairly inferior teams. I mean, they're not... The Dolphins and Seahawks aren't that bad, but they're not that good. I mean, the Dolphins got destroyed by the uh, Patriots just a week ago. The uh, Or two weeks ago already. Geez, time flies. A week and a half, whatever it is. Yeah. And the, uh, the Seahawks, well, they're 3-2. and two. They're a little better than I thought, but they're still the Seahawks. <laughs> sea chickens, that is. Um, that's pretty much how things started out today. It's like, hey, how, how exciting. Both offenses were unimpressive to come out of the gate. Imagine that. the Vikings first opportunity with the ball get a first down and then well Adrian Peterson fumbles but oh no it didn't actually count against him interestingly Uh, very very bizarre there it ended up going to Brett Favre it was a uh, exchange deal again I believe it was a two week uh, I think it was against the Detroit Detroit as I like to say Detroit Lions I keep forgetting who it was but There was an exchange issue then, and both of those fumbles have gone to Brett Favre. Today it did as well. Uh, I'm not sure who to blame with that. Luckily, it wasn't the... (laughs) Luckily, it didn't kill us, but guess what happened? The Dallas Cowboys scored almost immediately because they're on the 20-freaking-yard line. That was the Dallas Cowboys' second opportunity with the ball. It was a 15-yard pass down the middle to Roy Williams, who, of course, who did he think he beat? Yep, Lito Shepard. Yep, that was the first of three. The Dallas Cowboys take the early lead, and it's like, uh, I couldn't believe how many Dallas Cowboy fans are at the Metrodome today or Mall of America Field. Pretty noisy when the Dallas Cowboys either got a fumble recovery, got that fumble recovery, and scored the touchdown. Um, Geez, I guess there's a lot of Cowboy fans in Minnesota. (laughs)
0: Lots
1: of bandwagon people back in the 90s. I remember that. I guess they're still fans of the Cowboys all this time later. Uh, I know a lot of people from Texas did come up here. I listening to a lot of that on KFAN over the week with Paul Allen. Of course, he is the voice of the Vikings along with a a host on that station. Got to like that. Um, The Vikings, luckily, though, a significantly more impressive drive on their their second attempt. This was at the end of the first quarter. The drive ended with (laughs) a nice touchdown pass to Greg Camarillo. Greg Camarillo with his first touchdown reception. Um, It was a nice little bullet. It actually was. I was very very impressed. The thing is though both of these (laughs) touchdowns came courtesy of turnovers by each team. The Vikings uh, got an interception from Tony Romo. I'm not sure which defensive lineman batted it up in the air. Actually I believe it hit a helmet of a defensive lineman. It was more just an inaccurate uh, ill-advised pass by Tony Romo that flew up in the air landed in the hands of EJ Henderson. And then Favre almost immediately threw a bullet for Brett Favre. Got it like that. So it was turnover equals touchdown thus far per team. Very, very cool stuff indeed there. Very, very cool indeed. Marion Barber was incredibly efficient. And I'm going to mention this right now since it's right in front of me right here in my notes. (laughs) Marion Barber, folks. Marion Barber, me and... uh, A buddy on Twitter who's a follower and a listener of the show. As of back in the beginning of the year or so, he started listening. Very, very cool indeed. Um, Marion Barber. Yeah, I had a little tweet with conversation with him. Not Barber, but to get to the guy in a second. Marion Barber at this point was 3-for-3 on third downs. A little bit later on here in the ensuing drive here by the Cowboys. 3-for-3 three three on third downs, uh, very effective in short-yarded situations. Of course, the former Goper and a Minnesota native and all that good stuff, Marion Barber III, for the day he was 5-for-5 five five in short-yarded situations. Yeah, he got the 5-for-5 five five in the fourth down late in the game for the Cowboys. Uh, I brought him up as a hey, what a perfect replacement Marion Barber III would be for Chester Taylor. You know, the guy I bought so much, I obsess over Chester Taylor all the time. I talk about Chester Taylor all the time. And why do you think that is? Because Vikings need a guy like Chester Taylor. The guy carried this team in situations when we needed that big first down. Because Chris Carter doesn't play for the Vikings anymore. Remember the uh, uh, gold sideline catches that he used to make? Well, it doesn't exist anymore. He's gone. Moss got really good at that, but he wasn't here until a week ago. (laughs) Uh, Chester Taylor was the old catch and run, break a tackle or two, and get that seven to eight yard gain for a first down. Now, Marion Barber isn't necessarily doing that, which is just like irreplaceable, but he is getting those short yardage first downs, which isn't always, that has not really been Adrian Peterson's strength. Yeah, he can do it, but he's not as efficient at it as some of the other more role player types. MN Sports Talk, and I had that, commenta- had that conversation later in the, uh, the game here. He said he will one-plus that sentiment about replacing uh, Chester Taylor with Marion Barber if we could someday. He asked the question, how good is Barber's pass blocking? From what I can tell, his pass blocking is decent. I mean, the guy is a solid running back all around for the Dallas Cowboys, and he, of course, was a star for the Golden Gophers. Uh, I would absolutely love it. (laughs) And he also made a comment about has there ever been, uh, this is MN Sports Talk from Grand Marais, Minnesota, by the way, Talks about everybody except the Timberwolves, pretty much. <laughs> um, has there ever been an in-game trade outside of semi-pro? I'm ready to make the deal, and I my comment is, hey, fourth-round pick. If we can get Moss for a third-round pick, why not use a fourth-rounder and get Marion Barber to the Vikings? Of course, we're both joking around. We know that's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, Felix Jones has become the feature back for the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, that's why I even thought about it in the first place. If the Cowboys would even halfway consider trading Marion Barber, or if we somehow, way, could sign him as a free agent at some point, uh, I'd be all over it. So now that that's out of the way, we're going to get to a couple of tweets here. Matt Emer, that's right, Matt Emer is in the building. That is right. From England, of course, the UK. Matt Emer and Dan Taylor, both from the UK, both uh, conversating with me during the game. Mm-hmm, and now he was, Matt Emer was saying, now I guess it's just up to the Vikes to make this a perfect Sunday because, of course, the Bears and Packers lost today. He was talking about, he knows, he was hoping that, because uh, I was ranting about Adrian Peterson's fumble. Okay, that was the third tweet. No, he says uh, he was hoping he'd have none this year. Yep, there's the fumble again. Hope he gets fired up and makes the Cowboys cry. Well, he did get a, he did have a very nice drive later in the game. It was very good during the drive, and that ended up in a touchdown. And uh, Emer says, I take, he take everything I said, and that's how I feel about the, the season. Because I was really ranting, uh, saying how, yeah, Peterson fumbles, touchdown Dallas Cowboys, and bull crap, bull crap, we'll say. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, Dan Taylor now tweets, do we actually have an O-line or just cardboard cutouts? My comment is cardboard cutouts. And uh, I think uh, Brent Jacobson would agree with that. I think he would ah uh, taylor's continues dan taylor that is he says this is why i wish we would draft a quarterback i cringe every time the old man gets hit yeah because again that's the old line again folks remember when i was complaining about the offensive line a lot last year i wasn't alone was i though it seemed like it for a while but now you guys are really coming out of the woodwork this is great i really wasn't an idiot was i Though it seems like on a lot of the major stations in this town and all that, oh, I can't believe people think the offensive line is bad in Minnesota. I didn't necessarily say it's bad, but it ain't this, this, oh, it's one of the best O-lines in the NFL. How so? How do you base that argument? Somebody tell me how you can base the argument that the Vikings' offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. Let's see, Favre has very little time to pass. Uh, It's very, very rare that he gets anything near five seconds, which I know is eternity in the NFL, but some quarterbacks get it, and I think Tony Romo got it a few times today, especially on the the third touchdown pass, but we'll get to that later. Um, Favre has very little time to pass. You're constantly afraid he's going to get injured. Adrian Peterson often gets the old da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Remember that sound effect? Yeah. That's because the offensive line isn't necessarily... Li- living up to the hype. Uh, Bryant McKinney, uh, you know, I've made my feelings known. Phil Oldhold has taken a step back. Uh, Ryan Cook, uh, you know, we'll leave it there. John Cooper ha- is okay, but he, he you know, he's a, he's a backup. He just is right now. Maybe someday he'll get better. He's just in his second year in the league, an undrafted center i um, not really in position to be starting football games for a Super Bowl contender. How about that? Um, Steve Hutchinson, well, yeah, I think we know Steve Hutchinson is incredibly talented. Of course, he had a shoulder problem almost all last year. This year he's healthier, and he's a legend and all that good stuff. But one offensive lineman, one good, for sure, offensive lineman isn't does not an offensive line make, we'll say. That's kind of a PA line, sort of, the way, way I worded that. But um, very, very frustrating. Later on in the game, Dan Taylor (laughs) commented about, yep, there's that cardboard cutout again. Uh, At this point, we have no passing game at all. I think Favre wants T-Jack in. Ouch. Ooh, ouch. I don't know about that. (laughs) Uh, I'll get back to the rest here in a sec. There isn't too many more. Better just get back to the actual game review because they kind of go with the game most of the way here. Mm, what a game, huh? What a game indeed. <sighs> Apologize here. Uh, this was a grind. This really was a grind. This was, you know... <sighs> covering football, yeah, last year, you know, last year was so much fun. This year's been a lot more of a grind, folks. This really has. And know I'm not complaining. I love doing this show very much. I love following this team. I love this team and all that good stuff, but God Almighty, this has been a grind. It's been, it's just, it's so blatantly not the same team. You never know the, what the talent can do, though. Of course, like I was just screaming excitement when Moss got here. So here we go. We'll continue after that play with Barber got that third on, th- got his third third down conversion, which was again impressive. Miles Austin had what looked like a nice touchdown play. He was so wide open, it was ridiculous. Oh, again, a penalty flag. Imagine that. Uh, Some people question thinking that, hey, he didn't really push off Asher Allen that hard, and he probably would have beat him anyway. But here's the thing. When you say, yeah, he would have beat Asher Allen anyway, which Troy Aikman said in today's game, well, that's the thing. Then don't push off. And uh, Troy Aikman did make that comment. I I like Troy Aikman as a commentator. A lot of people don't like him. I like him a lot. I like him an awful lot because um, it's the truth. He speaks the truth. I I appreciate Troy Aikman quite a bit. Um, really liked how he said that. I mean, yeah. If you're gonna, if you you know, if you can beat Ashley Allen, which it looked like he had him anyway, why do you need to push off? Well, too bad. The touchdown did not happen, and the Cowboys will. It just didn't work out, did it? Though the grind continued, and I mean continued and continued, nonstop stop uh, frustrations, Favre getting hit, not getting first downs, time to punt, time to punt, time to punt, and it seemed like we were on the verge of doing something exciting, but it just did not happen. Just did not happen at all. Oh, boy. It got, it got kind of boring, <laughs> just a little bit. It just did. Um, man alive, did it get boring. As the Vikings continue to struggle offensively the whole half, that was the only touchdown they would get. Cowboys and Vikings penalties all over the place. I think Wade Phillips is done, folks, by the way. <laughs> like I've said that already. I mentioned that in the tweet as well. Pass interference against the, uh, the Cowboys. 23-yard penalty at this point. Um, just... <laughs> Just off the charts. Moss was only thrown to once in the first half. By the way, Barber was outstanding. Again, he again, as I mentioned, five for five. At this point, he was four for four. That's when I first brought up the Chester Taylor comment. Got a little response from that. That's pretty much when this got going. But uh, Asher Allen was not great. But he buddy but he was good. He was good. He stopped a few plays, but then immediately right as I was typing as that's the funny part. Ashley Allen made a nice stop on uh I forget who it was, maybe Des Bryant. Or uh no, excuse me, it was uh it was Miles Austin. But then immediately, right as I was saying he's better than Leto Shepherd, oh yeah. Because he got beat by Roy Williams in the end zone pretty much to end the half, about twenty seconds to go. There it was. Nito Shepard. It's like up yep, twenty nine. The wrong twenty nine, not Chester Taylor, it's Little Shepard now. You get, <laughs> every touchdown you see, you see number 29 nearby, unfortunately. Um, and that pretty much was the end of the half. Luckily, the Vikings got the ball back. Got the ball going into the second half because what happened, folks? What happened? Dallas Cowboys kick off to number 12. We know who that is. Percy Harvin, gone. Touchdown. He's like, there you go. That is what it's about. <laughs> that is what it's all about. A wonderful... Return, that was a 95-yard return officially to tie the game before the Dallas Cowboys could pretty much <laughs> tighten their chin, chin straps on their on their helmets, you know. That was about the deal there. Only 12 seconds in, of course. I don't, that's all the time it took for him to score that touchdown. That's pretty spectacular indeed. He is just... Uh, he. Well, I mentioned Phil Oldhold has taken a step back this year. To me, clearly, Percy Harvin has taken a step up. Um, I've never... Last year, I never wanted to put the word superstar and Percy Harvin in the same sentence. I couldn't do it because I thought he was too inconsistent. And it's not like it was throw the ball up and Percy Harvin's going to catch it and it's a touchdown like it was with Randy Moss. Now that's a superstar. Uh, But he's getting closer to it right now with that amazing second half against the New York Jets last week. And a solid game today. Very quirky player. He can run and catch, uh, of course, all over the place. But the third quarter was very good to the Vikings in general, though it didn't really get fun again until the end of the third quarter. It got pretty boring. Uh, both teams made what looked like they were about to make a nice drive, but then it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. The Vikings finally started throwing the ball to Randy Moss, and then, well, that was kind of frustrating. <laughs> it was. Uh, one indication I'll make real quick here with uh Marion Barber, that he's not necessarily Chester Taylor on the third down, is that uh, it was third and long and they gave it to Marion Barber and he did not get there. No, it was, I believe it was a, yep, he did not get there. It was a third and seven, which is the classic Chester Taylor play. He did not get that one. So (laughs) that's one thing I got to throw in, but I'd still take him in a heartbeat over what we have right now, I guess. Uh, I don't necessarily see Toby Gerhardt as a guaranteed first down type of guy. but at this point, the Vikings finally started throwing the ball to Randy Moss, which was exciting. Bernard Berrien caught his sixth catch, made his sixth catch of the year on like a three-yard play. But then immediately after that, he was penalized for 15 yards. Thanks. Thanks a lot for that one and a pass interference. Hmm. He got a three-yard catch and a 15-yard penalty. So I guess Bernard Berrian's behind again. <laughs> Very frustrated <laughs> with that again. Oh, boy. But I was starting to get excited because finally, they're finally throwing the ball to Randy Moss. Finally throwing the ball to Randy Moss. This was, again, late, the final drive of the third quarter for the Vikings. Not really much else to talk about in the third quarter because it was just the same typical grind. The tedious football that, you know, is, could, could lull you to sleep. It's just, uh, you get maybe one first down, maybe a second one. But then you get pushed backwards because you get sacked or it's an incomplete pass or stop behind the line of scrimmage or the running back. And, oh, I can't stand it. It's just not that fun. And that's what the third quarter was until this this drive. Again, is throwing to Moss and all that good stuff. That was fun. But then Jimmy saucer, <laughs> this was the best part. What was it? I believe it was like third and, uh, it was either second and nine or third and nine. I can't remember exactly. Maybe I should have written that down. But, uh. I, it was a third down. It looked like they were going to get far. He kind of made a little f- jump and flip. Or jump and uh, I don't even know how to describe it. He just kind of th- chucked it to Jimmy Kleinsasser. You figure, oh, great. Two yards and a cloud of dust for this guy. Guaranteed. But no, he caught it and just lumbered forward and lumbered forward for a first down and, and a lot more. Yeah, a lot more. It was uh, <laughs> It was a 20-yard gain by Jimmy Kleinsasser, which just like, that was the farthest, that was the best catch and run I've ever seen, ever, for Jimmy Kleinsasser. You're usually about to get two or three yards from the guy, and half the time, it's a miracle that he even catches it. That was a very exciting play. Very, very exciting indeed. The Vikings did then get to the goal line with some nice runs by Adrian Peterson. It was a couple of run plays in a row. And I figured, okay, time for an alley up to Moss. Nope goal line smash, Adrian Peterson and the Vikings take their first lead of the game, 21-14 to 14, and I figured here we go we're we're in the business now, this is when we get back to some of the tweets again <laughs> Dan Taylor made a comment about uh, hey, it was more of a catch and walk, not a catch and run you know, like kind of make it teasing me in my comment there, very very true indeed by Dan Taylor check a couple more of those tweets here real quick as, uh that's pretty much where we're at. I'll get back to the uh, the men's here in a second. Um, pretty much still caught up with those. <laughs> uh, this was when Barber on the ensuing drive for the Cowboys got to the, uh, got officially got to five on five. Dallas Cowboys did convert a fourth and one in this drive. Uh, Tony Romo looked solid overall. But then, uh, yep, as they, a- after that fourth and one, guess what happened? Tony Romo had way too much time, folks, way too much time to find an open receiver. There it goes, up in the air. Well, next thing you see is Des Bryant catching the ball, at number 29 behind him, in the end zone. Yep, that's right, the third touchdown given up by old Lito Shepard. That is very, very frustrating, and then I had to make this comment, where, oh where are you, Chris Cook? Tie game immediately. Luckily, though, this is the last time the Cowboys would score a single point in this game. Thank God Almighty for that indeed. Um... This is when we get to the Dan Taylor comment. Yeah, it makes much more sense to talk about it now. His comment was, the way the secondary is playing, we might as well just blitz 11 every play. Forget even trying to cover. (laughs) In a way, yes, but I got to say this really quick. Antoine Winfield has really, really come back to his old self this year. I am very impressed with Antoine Winfield. They never threw to Antoine Winfield in this game. He was awesome they threw in Ashley Allen's direction and they threw in Lito Shepard's direction. No, of course you're going to throw in those directions of those two guys. No, duh. But at the same time it's just they fear, I mean they just refuse to even try to even test Antoine Winfield at all. That just shows you how much better (laughs) Antoine Winfield is than what we have. And again, I will state again, oh, where where is Chris Cook? Because Chris Cook that's the amazing part. I don't think I even brought it up. Yeah, yeah I don't think I even brought it up because it happened during the practice, I believe leading up to the Jets game. Now remember how EJ EJ Cedric Griffin tore the ACL on his other knee, so now he's had an ACL tear in both knees. Well that meniscus dealy that uh Chris Cook had early in the uh or in, like middle of the preseason, whatever and he missed a couple games, he or he injured that, tore that in the other knee as well. It's just like what the heck, can we please just get get through this a little bit? Very, very frustrating indeed. Oh, the game got awfully tense at this point, though, as we try to move right along here. Move right along very quickly. A couple tweets here as the game was just, you've got the Cowboys, of course, tied the game as mentioned. Dan Taylor's comment is, I'm physically shaking at this point. Two maneuvers to look. Matt Emer, man, this is so tense, or too tense, <laughs> and I agree indeed with that. Um, and then we'll get to the closing tweets there. Won't get back to that till later. Uh, just a, it got very tense indeed. I was really quiet, not really yelling and cheering much. I just don't need to at this point. And uh, my response to Dan Taylor was, yeah, without the D-line, we'd be dead. Oh, he was talking about the uh, the secondary. Yeah, we would be dead. Pretty much. Um, well, it wasn't the safeties that hurt us. It was like the Lido Shepherds and the Asher Allen's were just—they're just not that good. But Romo, thank God, choked on third down, intercepted by E.J. Henderson. This was just unbelievably big. E.J. Henderson pulled this one in. The Vikings were able to get a field goal off of this. Very disappointing. Uh, I thought the Vikings were going to score a touchdown here. We were on what the 18 to 20th yard line. A nice, a great throw by Brett Favre in Randy Moss's direction, but was stopped just, if it was a, maybe a millimeter higher, I don't know. But it was pretty much the defense was too good. Moss could not get it down. Um, he did get his hands on the ball, did Moss, too, which was kind of frustrating. Ah, that was a little frustrating indeed. And uh, the Vikings had to settle for a field goal, 24-21. to 21. It's like, we need to stop here. This is about four minutes left in the game. Latroy Guyon, Latroy Guyon, remember my guy, I bring him up all the time, was playing at this point in the game. Yeah, playing in very big moments. I was very, very, very excited indeed. And the Vikings very quickly got the 3-and-out with the Dallas Cowboys. And I figured, well, it's time to run the ball. The Vikings did that. The Cowboys burned timeout after t- Burned all their timeouts very quickly in A.O. About a t- <laughs> they had two timeouts left, and they burned them in about a five-second span because the Vikings continued to run the ball. And uh, that was huge. That was absolutely huge. It looked like the Vikings were uh, going to get stopped, though. It was a 3rd and 10. Red fire throws in Greg Lewis's direction. Up oh, and a pass interference called on the Dallas Cowboys. Wade Phillips was beside himself. He was running on the field. Uh, but the Vikings <laughs> ended up getting this one, getting that call. They got the call. Greg Lewis was on the ground, of course. It was the right call, but... Mm, uh, you know, look, you still could feel a little frustration from the Cowboys there. I mean, it, it, it wasn't necessarily the most blatant uh, pass interference that I've ever seen, but we'll take it. As I said, the Vikings, again, could not really amass in the yards that they were able to eat up what was pretty much left of the clock down to 29 seconds. Thank God. Dallas Cowboys... Received a kickoff from the Vikings. Some people thought we might squid kick it and pretty much try to just uh, not give them a chance to make a return. But they did kick it off to uh, Des Bryant, who had the ball for quite a while. It looked like he was maybe going to try to break loose. But unfortunately, yeah, they ran a lot of clock off when he was doing that. And number 41, Frank Walker, the newcomer, just bam, just grabbed him, wrapped him up, pulled him down on the three-yard line. And it's like, oh my, you got to love that. And then the Dallas Cowboys tried all their lateral this, lateral that, lateral this. That took about uh, about 20 minutes for that to end, and it finally did. And the Vikings won the game. <laughs> Gotta love that, indeed. And we'll get to the final tweets here. Vikings officially win 24 to 21 in a very close game, frustratingly close game. Dan Taylor's comment is most emotional game I've had as a Viking fan. Such a gutsy win. I'm bouncing off the walls right now. Skull. Kk comments gosh that was scary i almost had a heart attack (laughs) i don't like stressful games wearing my jersey to work after all she's wearing her jersey to work after all and yeah it's like all these stressful games probably sweating all over the jersey very scary stuff there Um, indeed dan taylor's final comment game ball ej for two picks or wade phillips are teaching the cowboys to draw penalties boy yeah that's a tough one you know that's a good point. Um, uh, I guess both uh, very good point there. Uh, I'll go with I'm gonna go with Wade Phillips <laughs> because those penalties killed the Dallas Cowboys. He got the picks, but boy, those penalties killed the Dallas Cowboys. Um, that's why I think Wade Phillips is in big big trouble because Jerry Jones did not appear in the locker room last week. That is a very telling sign when a guy who's his hands on his Jerry Jones did not appear in the locker room for the Dallas Cowboys. We're talking the first time in eons. So, uh, uh, Wade Phillips is done, folks. There's no way he's going to survive this season as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys in their glitzy new stadium. So, that closes my session on Twitter during this show, of course. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Do give it a follow. Would appreciate very much indeed. So, uh, we'll briefly get to the, uh, Facebook group, not so much put on here. And then I'll re- preview the following game here coming up next week. Mm-hmm, it's a fairly important one. Yeah, you might imagine. Tony L. Coleman. I'll get in the Facebook group simply, uh, it is the Purple Mafia pay, uh, group still, not page yet. I'm going to get that eventually. Purple Mafia page on Facebook because it's more user-friendly, especially for Apple uh, devices like the iPod Touch and the iPhone. That also for droids, I believe, as well, though it seems like a little bit more user-friendly with the droid for whatever reason um, on the group. But, yeah, simply go to the search bar, Purple Mafia show, Minnesota Vikings type that in, and you'll find it. Do give it a join, and, uh, yeah, we can have some conversations on here. Hmm. Coleman, during the week, was talking about how he didn't have a link handy, but he read that Favre is not ruling out the possibility of sitting on a game or two due to his elbow I don't think he'll want to give up his starting streak. He's at 289, so now I think he wants 300 thoughts. And, yep, at this point, since there were so many comments on there, and it's, you know, for the sake of time, we're not going to read all of them. Uh, yeah, Brett Favre is not going to sit out a game. The way he played today, he was improved. His accuracy is, we're going to look at that right now on the fly here. He was not amazing, no. I mean, he completed... Seventy-four percent, fourteen for nineteen. Only threw the ball nineteen times, one hundred and eighteen yards, and a touchdown. Good for a quarterback rating of about one hundred and seven. Though I mean, you can't complain there. By the way, Favre was sacked three times today. Tony Romo, zip. So not quite the Jared Allen show with the Kevin Green deal last that occurred last year in the postseason. Yeah, not quite the same at all in that category. Um, mm, quite frustrating, indeed. So no, I don't think Favre sits out though he was fairly efficient he looked more accurate he was uh there was one play earlier that uh, Jenkins could have had a pick six. this was actually fairly late in the game, which could have probably cost the Vikings a game, but uh it didn't happen. <laughs> thank God that was one of the only that was pretty much the only play during the game where you're like, what the hell is Brett doing other than that, I thought he was pretty good uh Janine. John, Jacaruso Dites, I hope I'm saying the name right, said, hey, the Redskins helped us out last Sunday by beating the Packers, so I think it's only fair to return the favor by beating Dallas this Sunday. And yes, everyone agrees with that very much. And, uh, yep. <clears throat> Welcome to the group, Janine, just to bring that up. Chris Tucker, his comment is, perfect weekend with Bears and Packer losses. We are in good position to still win the North. Oh, and EJ Henderson is a god. Huge win. <laughs> um very, very cool indeed by Chris Tucker. That uh this was a fantastic week for the Vikings. There is no doubt about it. Despite the fact we're only two and three, we are absolutely in this thing. I mean, what are the Bears? Four and two, right? Four and two. That's not a bad record, but it's uh, very catchable. The Packers are three hundred or three hundred or three and three at five hundred. Vikings only a half game behind the Green Bay Slackers. Chicago Bears four and two is mentioned, um, Vikings do need to win a game on the road, though. We're 0-2 already on the road, losing uh, at New Orleans, which is not particularly easy, but uh, still, you she got to win games like that, and the Jets game, I mean, yeah, those are probably two of the people would regard those as two of the best teams in football, but with the game in our hand the entire way, for the most part, to lose them is just awfully frustrating, indeed. Very, very frustrating for our Minnesota Vikings, in that sense. So, uh, Well, I'm going to take a quick breather here and we will preview the game next week right after this. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 72, which is a reminder for iPod, user, Microsoft, Zoom, and other Mb3 players. Thank you again for joining, always. So yes, there is a game next week. Yeah, you know, I kept just saying, uh, there's a game next week. Yeah, you know, I, why, why do you think I said that? Well, because it's the Green Bay Packers, of course. You know, the Green Bay Packers, Brett Barv going back to Lambeau Field again. Yep, yeah, Favre versus Lambeau, part duh, 2.0, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, the pro- the only problem with the Packers is, well, you look at their injuries. <laughs> it is incredible. I mean, it is so incredible. We Look at their injury report for this coming in coming week. They have four guys in injured reserve, of course. Uh, Ryan Grant, the former starting running back. At the, yeah, you know, it's just, like, unbelievable, the injuries for the Green Bay Packers. Clay Matthews with a hamstring doubtful going into this week. Just unbelievable how tough it has been for them. It really is. And as mentioned, you yep, Clay Matthews hamstring. I mean, jeez, Donald. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. He was doubtful going into this week. JerMichael Finley's out with a knee. It just never ends. Brandon Shillar out with a shoulder. Just uh, on and on and on with the Packers this week. They did lose again to the Baltimore Baltimore Ravens. Nope, the Miami Dolphins, not quite as good defensively as the Miami as the Baltimore Ravens will say. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> despite the fact he had a potential concussion. There's all, all kinds of conspiracies about that or wondering if it was a conspiracy. will say conspiracy theories. 313 yards against those Miami Dolphins today. Not the worst game ever for him. Only one touchdown, one interception. He ran in a touchdown as well. Chan Henney had a, a fairly good day against the Green Bay Packers. 231 yards. He completed 23 of 39 passes, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, the running game, not much of a problem for the Miami Dolphins against the Green Bay Packers. Not much of a problem at all. Ronnie Brown with 73 yards, good for about 4 yards a carry. Ricky Williams with 64 yards, good for about 5 yards a carry. So, uh, yeah, I think Adrian Peterson's going to see the ball against the Packers. You know Brett Favre is going to be motivated to throw like a nut. Brandon Marshall had 10 catches, 127 yards against the Packers in Lambeau Field today. The Packers did 23-20. to They made a roaring comeback late in the fourth quarter to tie this thing up. Very frustrating for a lot of us watching, <laughs> hoping that the Packers would lose. Thank God they did. They have lost two in a row, and of course the injuries have been very tough to the Green Bay Packers this year. On offense, well, you all know, before the injuries, but still uh, being that... Uh, Aaron Rodgers is is back at the helm for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they're still one of the best offenses in all of football, ranked eighth as of last week, I guess we'll say. <laughs> this week's still pretty good, of course. Um, not a bad offense at all, of course. Packers' running game is virtually useless. They did not make a move to get a new running back. That is a huge problem, so the Vikings can very much focus on the pass defensively with the Green Bay Packers. I would be absolutely shocked, and I mean shocked, if the Green Bay Packers... Uh, running game did anything against the viking run defense just stunned out of my mind uh the packers defense is also fairly solid actually right around that eighth place range again in fact right under the minnesota vikings the rush their rush defense is almost identical to the vikings which isn't as good this year as previous years their uh their pass defense certainly better than ours unfortunately at least on paper um only two interceptions this year, though, so that's good news. Hopefully, we won't. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, we won't put that up. The Packers not very good in the old takeaway category thus far this year. Excuse, excuse me, no. The Packers have six interceptions <laughs> and four forced fumbles. Uh, their takeaways are better than ours anyway. They have ten takeaways officially this year. The Vikings only have. Well, after today's game, they have seven. <laughs> So uh, the Packers do still lead in that category. Excuse me. These, I'm um, <laughs> looking at the wrong. I was looking at the wrong numbers, and I do apologize. Though yes, the Packers' uh, pass defense, you know, it's still fairly solid. The Packers' defense has definitely improved this year over last year, though uh, some of that's more of a paper thing than a official like how many points you give up. Um, but no, clearly the Packers' defense has improved. And it is in the upper echelon, right with the Vikings, unfortunately for us. Yeah, the run defense is virtually a lock. Though I still think, I still believe in evidence by the Miami Dolphins, you can run on the Green Bay Packers. You absolutely can. And uh, you just hope for the best passing the ball against the Packers. Uh, Their pass defense isn't that good. But again, it's it's better than last year. I mean, last year, guys like Kurt Warner and Drew Brees, guys like that, and Brett Barve, had a field day against the Packers, passing the ball, passing the ball. It was just up and down the field, hut, release, go, hut, pass, go, hut, pass, go. You know, it was just unbelievable how teams continued to just uh, carve up the Green Bay Packers defensively, pa- passing the ball, not necessarily the big play, but first down after first down after first down, constantly in the red zone, that's a problem. So, uh, Vikings had that problem at points last year, and... Um, not as much this year as the Vikings' past defense has been a lot better for the most part, though Tony Romo had a pretty good game, i got to say. Those two interceptions were costly, but uh, mm. uh, at the same time, he, you know, he, did, he had a fairly good game. And, of course, the loss of uh, Cedric Griffin is devastating. The Vikings have to hope and pray Chris Cook can return immediately because Aaron Rodgers is a pretty damn good quarterback. The Vikings have to win in Green Bay. They have to win this game. It's a must-win. It's an absolute must-win game for the Minnesota Vikings. 2-4 is a horrible record. Green Bay's all the way up to 4-3. and three. Oh, boy, that's a, that's a steep mountain to climb. I mean, you're, you're, you're gift-wrapped, gift-wrapped uh, losses by the Packers. I mean, we appreciate them so very much the past couple of weeks. The Vikings need to continue to capitalize on that. Of course, they lost to the Bears as well. So, uh, in the first one when both teams were trying to be 3-0. and um, Boy, you know, this is an absolute must-win. Favre's accuracy has improved, and that is a very, very good sign going into Lambeau Field. A very encouraging sign. Uh, you just got to fold your hands and pray. Um... I think to beat the Packers, the Vikings are going to need to have a balanced attack. Not just, you know, just run, 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 or pass, 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 pass. Like certain teams, you can absolutely do one, but not the other against them. The Jets, it was more you got to pass than run because, uh, well, I was kind of right about that, wasn't I? Because Favre and the Vikings offense exploded in that second half, and Peterson got smothered by that Jets rush defense, which is one of the best on the planet. In fact, it's third in all of football, at least on paper. Excuse me, second, second in all of football, and uh, it was quite evidenced indeed in that game. Cowboys run defense extremely good as well. Pass defense not so great. Um, uh, yeah, it's going to take a balanced attack against the Packers, but of course the West Coast offense needs to come out that's you know at its finest in this game. With those quick passes, quick passes get those first downs. That's the deal here. Oh boy. I want to predict a victory. I absolutely want to predict a victory. Um, but again, the offense, it's like it shows spurts. But to me, there's just no evidence that the offense is going to explode. However, the motivation factor on the Vikings side, of course, with Brett Favre. And, you know, that's a guarantee, of course. Uh, the Packers decimated by injuries and the fact that they have just been losing games left and right lately. I'm going to pick the Vikings to squeak it out 27 27- to 24, okay? 27-24, to 24, Minnesota defeats the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. In Lambeau Field. Where the autumn wind will be a Viking in Lambeau Field. We'll just go with that. Uh, I do think the Vikings win the game. I think they match up well against the Green Bay Packers, but not well enough that it's going to be a blowout. I mean, this game is not going to be... Uh, this game is going to be in doubt the entire game. There's no going to be no guarantee that it's a victory until... It's uh, the clock says zero, zero, zero. (laughs) You know, it's going to be a tight one just like today. So, folks, those of you out there that don't like tight games, uh, well, get a cold towel to wipe off your forehead because you're going to need it. Get that ice, get a nice big glass of ice water and, uh, you know, keep cool because you're going to, you know, your blood temperature is going to go up a little bit watching this game. I guarantee you it's going to be it's going to be tight. So, that is how I'm going to stand at the Green Bay Packers game. Minnesota 27, Green Bay 24. We'll see if I'm right. I'm not predicting a comfortable win. I hope they do get it. Uh, That's pretty much where I'm going to stand as of right now. So, we're going to close the Viking uh, preview with Green Bay, and we're going to get to the contact details for Purple Mafia. Again, yet another fairly long show, but that's how it goes. Just so much to talk about all the time, regardless If I want to go on for as long as I did or not, I just did anyway. (laughs) Uh, Again, Purple Mafia, available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. Always thank you for downloading and listening to this show. You guys are fantastic. Thesportstuff.com is the bomb. Dylan Richardson is the executive producer on thesportstuff.com. And without his promptness today, folks, those two call-ins that you heard would not be on the air today. I would have completely missed them, and uh, that would have been the end of it. So... Uh, so, yep, Anthony Ramelli and Brent Jacobson, you guys got on the air, and I'm thrilled to have you on. So, thanks to you, Dylan, out there. I, I'm pretty sure you're listening. Do check out NFL East to West, which Dylan Richardson does host. That is a very good show that deserves more and more recognition from those of you out there that are, you know, it's a flat out, it's a football show. I mean, you know, you don't have to just like the Vikings; you could like the whole NFL. It's fun to listen to, and you could hear his opinions and how the Vikings are going to perform. I guess the Green Bay Packers, as he will release the show, I believe midweek is usually when he releases it. So do check that out. NFL East to West, I often post it on the Facebook group for Pro Mafia and on my uh, official page, my Joey Awajin Facebook page. So, yeah, do check it out on the thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. So uh, that's the deal there. We'd like you to sign up for the message boards on the thesportstuff.com. There's a button on the upper right-hand corner that says TSS Boards. Do click on that. Then you see a little link that says register. Simply click that and sign up for the message boards on the thesportstuff.com. Lots of room for discussion on there. We want you on board. It would be absolutely sweet to have you on. So uh, please do join. It's more than worth it. Also, again, the call-in line 209-736-7877, 209-736-7TSS. Do call in voicemail. It is a voicemail again. Mention you're calling for Purple Mafia and state your opinion and all that good stuff. There's the Twitter accounts, which I mentioned earlier, and the Facebook group for Purple Mafia. Type in Purple Mafia Show, Minnesota Vikings for the Facebook group and join it. And also twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Finally, <laughs> email account paladino live at yahoo.com. Paladino live at yahoo.com. So thank you always for listening. Vikings defeat the Packers next week. Da-ding. Gotta love that. So uh, we'll be back to discuss that in a week. Do call in. Hope to hear from you soon. Take care, everybody.